Hello and welcome to the C++ Club. This is episode 11 of the meeting number 136 that took place on the 28th of September 2021. The September committee mailing is out. This is what caught my attention. Move-only function. This paper proposes a conservative move-only equivalent of std function. It is intended to be the same as std function with the following differences. It is move-only, it does not have the const correctness bug of std function, it provides support for constant volatile reference no except qualified function types, it does not have the target type and target accessors, this is the direction requested by users and implementers. Invocation has strong preconditions. The thing that's unclear to me is that the paper mentions C++20 as the target. That ship has sailed, so presumably it's now targeted for C++23, and the authors just forgot to update the paper accordingly. StudHive. The StudHive or a bucket array paper reaches revision 16, and there are still so many questions for the committee that I fear it's not going to make it into C++23, which is a pity. A plan for C++23 ranges. Quote. When ranges was merged into C++20, it was knowingly incomplete. While it was based on the implementation experience in range v3, only a small part of that library was adopted into C++20. But now that the core of the ranges has been included, the time has come and we have to figure out what to do for C++23. Presentation plans for P2300 revision 2. The slides present a plan for the second revision of the final final std execution paper P2300. There is a GitHub issue tracker for all the issues related to this proposal, and if you look at it, you will see there is no chance of the proposal making it into C23. Ah. Support for hash warning. Apparently, the preprocessor macro hash warning that most compilers support is non-standard, and this proposal is about fixing that. The ASIO asynchronous model. The C++ networking demigod, Christopher Kolhoff, presents a high-level overview of the asynchronous model at the core of the ASIO library. Quote, the asynchronous operations in ASIO support callbacks, futures, both eager and lazy, fibers, coroutines, and approaches yet to be imagined. Yet again, Christopher Kolhoff shows us how it is done. That's it for the papers. Now on to CPP books. There is a huge list of C++ books on GitHub in a repository creatively called CPP books. Most are paid but some are freely downloadable. It's a very useful resource for your bookmarks. Using constexpr.stdvector and stdstring. Bartek Filipek writes, quote, constexpr started small in C++11, but then with each standard revision improved considerably. In C++20 we can say that there's a culmination point, as you can even use stdvector and stdstring in constant expressions. End quote. In addition to this, in C20 there are constexpr algorithms to use with vectors and strings. 
For this to work, C++ committee had to allow the following changes. Constexpert destructors, Constexpert dynamic memory allocation, in-place construction using placement new, Constexpert try and catch blocks, and Constexpert type traits like pointer traits and chart traits. The main limitation is that newly constructed vectors and strings cannot leave the constexpert function. Quote, because vectors and strings use dynamic memory allocations, and currently compilers don't support so-called non-transient memory allocations. That would mean that the memory is allocated at compile time, but then somehow passed into runtime and deallocated. For now, we can use memory allocations in one constexpert context and all of them must be deallocated before we leave the context or function. Bungie coding guidelines. Bungie published their C++ coding guidelines. These guidelines are presented in the context of Bungie's latest blockbuster game, Destiny. Quote, There is a lot of teamwork and ingenuity that goes into making a game like Destiny. We have talented people across all disciplines working together to make the best game that we can. However, achieving the level of coordination needed to make Destiny isn't easy. It's like giving a bunch of people paintbrushes, but only one canvas to share between them and expecting a high-quality portrait at the end. In order to make something that isn't pure chaos, some ground rules need to be agreed upon like deciding on the color palette, what size brushes to use in what situations, or what the heck you are trying to paint in the first place." End quote. And that, in my view, is a perfect analogy, because as we all know, Mona Lisa was famously painted by a bunch of guys with really good guidelines. So, what are these guidelines that allowed Bungie to create a great game that is also completely bug-free? Just kidding. It's a mix of formatting rules. Auto-formatting is not present, but is supposedly coming. And peculiar requirements, which they enforce with code reviews. The code base is 5.1 million lines of code, and some of it is 20 years old. They can't justify modernizing the entire code base, because management, of course. So the guidelines aim to provide a balance between legacy and modern C++ coding practices. Additionally, they are working on multiple features and patch branches at the same time, which adds complexity. Of the total 150 engineers, there are more than 75 working on C++ code. At Bungie, they use so-called razors, guidelines that shave off complexity and sharpen focus. Any new guideline is expected to align with one or more of these razors to be adopted. And here are those razors with the corresponding guidelines. Razor. Favor understandability over time to write. Snake case naming. Fair enough. Avoid abbreviations. Sure. Use helpful inline comments. Agreed. Razor. Avoid distinction without difference. Use American spelling. Okay. Use post-increment in general usage. Now wait a minute. This is not just an arbitrary difference. I understand that compilers would optimize away any differences, but still, it's not just syntactical or visual difference. 
star and ampersand go next to the variable name instead of the type name. This is just wrong. In C++ it's part of the type, unless you are using C with classes. Hmm, they might be just doing that. Razor. Leverage visual consistency. Braces should go on their own line. Sure. Uppercase preprocessor symbols. That's pretty common. No space left of the assignment operator to distinguish from comparisons. My number equals space 42 versus my number space equals equals space 42. I'm sorry, but this is just hilariously stupid. Nobody does that. It looks terrible and doesn't make any sense. You get compiler warnings if you mix things up. This is just... no. Leverage pointer operators. Star, ampersand, and dereference to advertise memory indirection instead of references. Another weird guideline. So you can't use references to refer to dynamically allocated memory. Mm. Razor. Favor patterns that make code more robust. Initialize variables at declaration time. That's good. Follow const correctness principles for class interfaces. Also good. Leverage asserts to validate state. Yep. Avoid native arrays and use custom containers, okay? Single return statement at the bottom of the function. Wait, what? This is bloody stupid and doesn't make sense in C++ code where exceptions are enabled. Oh wait, I bet they don't use exceptions either. Still, a single return statement is a stupid idea which increases indentation levels unnecessarily and makes the code harder to reason about. Razor, centralize lifetime management. Use engine-specific allocation patterns. Do not allocate memory from the OS directly. That does make sense. They probably allocate it uh, in a big chunk and then placement new objects into it. Avoid using STL for game code. This is often what games engines do, justified or not. Electronic Arts released EASTL version of the standard library, which seems like a good replacement tailored for games. Oh, and have you noticed there is not a single mention of testing in the article? This is from Reddit. Quote, based on some of these standards and from the kinds of bugs I've seen playing the game, their code must be a real rat's nest. I don't know why they published this, but if I were an engineer looking for a job, this would send me looking elsewhere pretty quick. Also, quote, they notably did not specify whether or not they use C++ exceptions, which is like one of the fundamental aspects of a C++ style guide. End quote. I bet they don't. And then this, quote, game developers are so consistently in their own bubble, refusing to pick up any advice from the industry around them. It's astounding. The amount of we do it the X way because it's fast, without ever having tested the performance is so large. The industry is full of wisdom based on no data and almost religious dedication to reinventing the wheel. Oh, and of course, terrible programmers. That single return policy is 100% a cover-up for a code base so smelly they have to have air freshness in the server room. There are four people in the coding guidelines committee. They use their own experience to come up with new coding guidelines. I'm sure there are stories behind all the guidelines, and some of them must be a real hoot. 
Speaking of bad practices, the article on the Belay the C++ blog discusses bad practices in C++ projects. The list includes overly long functions, creating classes unnecessarily, fully static classes instead of free functions in a namespace, publicly accessible classes instead of struct, implementing undefined behavior, comparing signed and unsigned integers, premature optimization, premature pessimization, and just-in-case programming, which has its own abbreviation, YAGNI, meaning you ain't gonna need it. The Reddit thread has some more discussion on the race topics. The winner is the following comment, in my view. Quote, I'm a Python user, and have no clue what I just read, but it sounds cool. Regarding classes versus free functions, the user Stoletic replies to the author's point, why would you use class at all, where a namespace suffices? With this, quote, to shut down ADL, argument-dependent lookup, and not have users of your library steal, quotes, function calls with their functions, end quote. Apparently, Bloomberg C++ guidelines prohibit free functions altogether because of this. Nice but not so well-known features of modern C++. A Redditor asks, what are lesser-known features of modern C++? Some of the replies are, inheriting constructors, where you use the statement using base colon colon base in the derived class, and that imports all the base constructors into your derived class, structured bindings in for loops, where you can decompose an element in the collection for example, a map into a key value and deal with them inside the loop. std exchange is a handy utility function for implementing move semantics. It's particularly useful for simultaneously transferring ownership and invalidating primitive types where std move would just copy them. The Reddit reply contains a small implementation of Fibonacci number generation using std exchange. Now this I didn't know about, the alias constructor of std shared pointer. You can convert a std shared pointer to t into a std shared pointer to u for some possibly unrelated u. For example, u could be a member of some class t. Stefan T. Lavoid says, reinterpret pointer cast is the function that performs a reinterpret cast on a shared pointer while respecting the control block can be implemented with the aliasing constructor and is in MSVC's implementation. The aliasing constructor is more powerful as previously mentioned. Given struct point int x, y, and z, you can get a std shared pointer of int to any of its x, y, or z. Reinterpret pointer cast will let you arbitrarily change the type but not adjust the pointer value. Reddit thread has a use case for this. For example, you could be implementing a log-free queue where each node is stdatomic of stdshared pointer of node of t. But then for front, at, and other accessor functions, you return stdshared pointer of t created via the aliasing constructor. This way, live handles to the t contained in a node prevent the node from being freed until all handles are dead. So mutating changes to the queue don't free references to stored objects out from under the other consumers. Fold expressions in C++17 Immediately invoked lambda expression 
this is very handy if you have a complex initialization of a variable where you can use a lambda with an arbitrary piece of code to initialize it and just immediately invoke it. Constextbrief as a replacement for conditional compilation using macros. The fewer macros, the better. Stdbitcast in C20 allows to convert similar data types used by different libraries, like some imaginary libA point to libB point, if they both have the same size and internal layout. Bit constants, 0b and then bits, is amazing for writing masks, raw string literals, where you can write things like JSON or regular expressions directly in your code without need to escape anything in them. FoundationDB, a seriously impressive open source distributed database from Apple. Quote, FoundationDB is a distributed database designed to handle large volumes of structured data across clusters of commodity servers. It organizes data as an ordered key value store and employs ACID transactions for all operations. FoundationDB links in the meeting notes include homepage code, which is distributed under Apache license, documentation, downloads, and forums. Uh, this was the reaction on Hacker News to Apple open sourcing FoundationDB after acquiring it. Admittedly, it was several years ago, but still. Quote, this is incredible news. FoundationDB is the greatest piece of software I ever worked on or used, and an amazing primitive for anybody who is building distributed systems. The short version is that FoundationDB is a massively scalable and fast transactional distributed database with some of the best testing and fault tolerance on Earth. It's in widespread production use at Apple and several other major companies. But the really interesting part is that it provides an extremely efficient and low-level interface for any other system that needs to scalably store consistent state. FoundationDB, the company, our initial push was to use this to write multiple different database frontends with different data models and query languages, a SQL database, a document database, etc., which all stored their data in the same underlying system. A customer could then pick whichever one they wanted, or even pick a bunch of them and only have to worry about operating one distributed stateful thing." End quote. The thread contains more interesting replies from developers and users of FoundationDB. If you are into databases, give it a read. Library neither. A functional implementation of either concept in C14 as a way to handle errors returned from functions, a bit like std expected or boost outcome with a functional interface. It's on GitHub under MIT license, requires C14, and uses Buckaroo build system, which seems to use Toml for its configuration files. I like Toml. The motivation section talks about how bad C exceptions are. Spoiler alert, they aren't. If you can't or won't use exceptions in your code, I suppose you could check this library out. Stud visualizes on GitHub. The Visual Studio debugger has this neat feature where you can show the data in a custom human-readable format, defining the actual formatting rules in XML files called visualizers. 
Some third-party libraries also have their own visualizers, often supported by the community, like Eigen or Boost. And now Microsoft has open-sourced all the STL visualizers on GitHub to allow everyone to contribute so that they stay updated. They announced it on the Visual Studio blog. Using visualizers has become much simpler in Visual Studio 2017 and 2019. Previously, you had to put them in a certain directory in your documents folder of all places, and now you can just include the XML files in a dummy container project in your solution, and the debugger will automatically use them to display the appropriate data. Very neat. That's it for today, and I'll leave you with this poster in a mall that read Lost children will be taught the C programming language. And also there's a quote from Twitter by Chad Fowler. The older I get, the more I realize the biggest problem to solve in tech is to get people to stop making things harder than they have to be. That's it. Take care. Bye.